job this morning. It's, it's my life. That song speaks my life. And I pray that it will speak yours too or already does. Please be seated. Thank you so much, Lisa, for inviting me today. It's such an honor and such a joy to see so many familiar faces from the area of Rhode Island. And uh, I'm just obviously a Rhode Islander at heart and um, it's something you never lose. I'm so, so blessed to be here. And to share my heart with you today. It's funny because over the years I've, I've said to my daughter-in-law one time, I said, um, I feel like there's just so much inside, but like it's hard to get it out. And I know you must feel the same way. God does so many things in our lives. Like we would, we would need to be here forever to share all our stories. And I'm just super grateful to be able to just open that up a little bit today with you. And let's pray. Lord, we just love you so much. You are so real and so amazing and the ways you make in our lives that are just so impossible, but yet you do it. Just blow our minds, Lord, and I just thank you. And, we, and today we are here and online as women who are desperate for you. And we offer you our hearts this morning and pray that you would receive them so gently and so ably and work on them and receive them. So I pray that you'll be honored and glorified through uh, this next few moments that I have to share. Have your way in and through us. And I ask this in Jesus' name and we all said amen. So my scripture today that the Lord put on my heart was 2 Corinthians 4.16, which says, therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. To lose heart means to begin to feel that you can't do something you've been trying to do. Or to begin to feel that you can no longer do something you've been doing. Can anybody relate to that? It's discouragement, and, and yet why does it say, therefore, do not lose heart? So we will look into the previous words that are said, because Paul was talking about the blessed hope that we have in Jesus. We've got to always keep that in our central focus. And remember that heaven is our reward. Heaven is our goal as we run this race. Because it's not just what's going on in the flesh. It's not just what's going on around us. It's so much more than that. In Christ, we have to always remember that we're, we're living a spiritual life. Although on the negative side, outwardly, we are wasting away. The flesh, the physical body fades, and does it ever. The older I get, the more I see it. And I know there's a lot of young girls here with us today, but if Jesus tarries, you'll be able to relate. Sometimes we don't want to admit it. I don't always want to admit it, but it's true. The body doesn't look or work like it used to. <laughs> the fact is, we start dying the day we're born. Kind of interesting. 
It's like driving a brand new car off the sales lot. As soon as you put a few miles on that baby, it's depreciated already, right? Start losing. And so we get tempted to lose heart and grow weary in our well-doing. That's a temptation. Yet, it says yet. Yet is an important word because it means in spite of the fact that these things are true, despite these things, at the same time, on the positive side, we are being renewed day by day. I recently went to see the old play Godspell with my sisters and heard that old song, Day by Day. One of my, I don't know, that'll show my age, but it was a favorite back in the years. Day by day with the Lord. And so inwardly, um, how is this happening? How is it that as I looked at this scripture, I said, okay, yeah, I get it. Being renewed day by day. How? How? It begins with the moment we give our life to Christ. That's how. You want to know how? That's how. Give your life to Jesus. Got to be a beginning point for everything. And... In that, it's given your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That's given your life to Jesus. It's not just a one prayer and walk away and be the same. It's one prayer and mean it. Yeah. It's one prayer that's your whole being given over to him. Fully trusting him and believing in him. Though outwardly, we're wasting Inwardly, we are renewed. Immediately when you do that, a regenerative overhaul begins to happen inside of you. How many can relate? Oh, yeah, the day. Oh, happy day. And so this day-by-day thing is when you read the word, right? That's to be happening day by day. And I can't emphasize that part enough because a big deal in me that I like to share is that you are what you eat. And I'm not talking about the physical at this point. You are what you eat. And so you've got to be day by day taking in the word. That is your nourishment. If you gave your life to Jesus and there's no regenerative overhaul happening, you might not be day by day doing, having the word. And it's in communication with Jesus, relationship, interaction, intimacy with him that that regenerative process keeps happening. And how often? Say it. Day by day. day. And like Lisa talked about the woman with the issue of blood, she had to press in. That's our pressing in. The day by day, the word, the prayer. And it's like working out in the physical to build muscle. Do you go to the gym one day and you come out of there pumped? Right? Not at all. How does it happen? Day by day. day. So bit by bit, little by little, slowly and consistently, never overnight. But if we stop doing the day by day, just like if you stop going to the gym, we lose it. We need to stay in the word, stay trusting, stay praying. That outward preparation brings the inward receiving of the regenerative overhaul. A progressive renewal from the Holy Spirit happens. It's a spiritual incline that happens right in step with the physical decline. We're going down, but we're going up. And what goes up can come down, but we keep physical 
keeps going down, spiritually keeps going up until the final day when the physical goes down for good and the spirit goes up, right? So that's when we see Jesus face to face. That's what our scripture is talking about. And chapter four talks about we are hard pressed, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in danger. I mean, the despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. This is what happens because of the day by day that we're doing. This is, life happens in the physical, the hard press, the perplex, the persecute, the struck down, but at the same time, renewing, not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, and not destroyed. By God's mercy, which is, the scripture says, new every morning, day by day. His light, the, the context of chapter four talks about his light shining in us, that's the word, you know, just illuminating our lives and our spirits, the power of his Holy Spirit working in us, enabling us, inspiring us. Don't you get inspired when you spend time in the presence of the Lord? When you're reading the word and you see something, you're like, whoa, that is so good. And it inspires you, that's that renewal. And it's, um, over and over and over this keeps happening until we get to see him face to face because Paul said in this chapter, the sufferings that he was experienced because he was preaching the gospel were momentary. He knew they were not gonna be forever. He said they were light and he was taking some beatings in comparison to the joy that he had to come. He had such hope in the resurrection that it was stronger than the abuse and possible death that he faced. That's pretty big. For preaching Jesus as the true son of God. Those things didn't matter to him anymore and did not slow him down. Remember the thief, the enemy of our souls, comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy us. All day long, day by day, that's his job. He's doing his job. It never changes, it won't change until he's completely defeated, which we know will come. But Jesus Christ's agenda in that same scripture, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you have life more abundantly, the day by day, the regenerative power. And so Christ defeated death when he went on the cross and then he went in the grave and rose Death defeated, part A, complete. But there is part B when the devil is ultimately completely defeated. And so that's our hope. And we need in the meantime to do our part by building our spiritual muscle and growing and strong enough to when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, what do we do? We kick him in the teeth and say, get thee behind me, Satan. You have no power over me, and I am free in Jesus Christ, amen? That's day by day. We gotta do this all the time. First Timothy 4.8 says, for physical training is of some value, it is, but godly training, godliness has value for all things. So yeah, you can go to the gym and you can get pumped up and that's great, but that is not gonna help you when the enemy comes in. Okay, you need your spiritual muscle. So be building that day by day. So um, I'm recommending, as the scripture says today, don't lose heart. Yeah, all this stuff is going on around us. Super bad, looking in the physical, yeah, it'll bring you down. But we can't be looking at that. We gotta put our Jesus glasses on. We gotta be looking at it the way Jesus sees it, the way that we have victory coming. He's, the, he's our victor. He can't, he won't, the enemy can't change God's agenda. Jesus is victor, God is in control, God has a plan. And though the world seems to be bumbled and crumbled, it's not because God is still in control and he's the one on the throne and not the enemy, amen? 
Sure, on the, on the light-hearted side, there are some things that will cause us to lose heart. There are. We're going to be honest with you today. Some of those things are crazy things. Crazy stuff like spiders. All right? I'll lose heart for a spider. Snakes. Mean dogs. Needles. Heights. Germs. We're all about those right now. Airplanes for lots of people. Airplanes can cause you to lose heart. And for some doctors. People don't like doctors. Speaking of doctors, I'll tell you my little pandemic adventure that I had. About a year and a half ago, I felt my outward wasting and felt like it was time for a checkup. And um, not afraid of doctors, it's not one of my fears, but I hadn't been in several years to a doctor. In January 21, I got an appointment just for the regular checkup. I'm January 2020, I'm sorry, not 21. Uh, so as the doctor took a listen to my heart, to my surprise, she said, you have classic mitral valve regurgitation. Okay, what's that? I knew that I had mitral valve prolapse. I was born with that very common. Maybe some of you sitting here have that. And um, evidently, there's another stage of that called mitral valve regurgitation. And she said, it's so clear, I, she could hear, like I just got there, she just took out the stethoscope, I mean, man, I didn't come here for this. I just got there, she puts the stethoscope, and she said, it's so clear that I wish I could take you to teach the medical students what mitral valve regurgitation sounds like. That's how clear it was for her. She said, you'll need to see a cardiologist. When something is not right outwardly, we see a doctor. When something is not right inwardly, we see Dr. Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. He invites you to come and see him. He really wants to take a listen to your heart. So in March, I saw a cardiologist and had all kinds of tests. Wore a heart monitor for several days. Uh, had an echocardiogram, which is a heart ultrasound. Had a TEE, which is a transesophageal e echocardiogram. You know, when Dr. Jesus has tests for us too. Yes, he does. Yes. Psalm 17 says, you probe my heart and examine me, you test me. Psalm 26 says, test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart. Tests are how we grow. They're how we move forward. Got to be tested. When you go to school, you take courses, take a test, see if you learned it. It's how we know. It's a gauge. It's a barometer. They are also part of our day-by-day -day renewal that the Lord is doing in our lives. Tests. Job changes, living situations change, health or financial issues, relationship ups and downs, loss of loved ones, COVID lockdowns, and so on. These all are tests and can have the ability to renew us if we let them. Because nothing happens accidentally in God's economy, right? Nothing that is going on in your life is there accidentally at the wrong time, nothing, even though it seems like it is. They're all part of life on Earth, life on planet Earth happens, life happens, and yet God is in control. He's your Lord, he's your savior, he's allowing these things. My last test was a heart catheterization. The nurse said something really comforting and encouraging to me that day before I went in for the test. 
she said, because her mom had been through lots and lots of things with her heart, and she said, anything with the heart can be fixed. I was like, oh, kind of stuck with me. I like that. Anything with the heart can be fixed. Do not lose heart. Nothing is impossible with God. When the uh, heart catheterization was done, uh, uh, session, uh, evidently I was breathing really shallow. And um, a lot of people breathe shallow. I don't know if you realize that. You've heard about taking deep breaths is really important. I was breathing really shallow, evidently, and then another nurse said, breathe, Marianne. I was like, whoa, she's telling me to breathe. Aren't I breathing? And that stuck with me. Breathe, Marianne, breathe. My lungs needed more oxygen. And since then, I try to be very conscious, taking a deep, I'll tell you, I recommend it. It's, it's like medicine. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Through your diaphragm, where you're really feeling it down here, and you're just like, whew. Yeah. And um, I felt God really speak to me through that. And today, I say the same thing to you. Breathe. Breathe. Don't lose heart. Breathe. When you're being, it's just keep popping. When you're being tested, breathe. Tell yourself to breathe. John 20, verse 22 says, Jesus breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's the kind of breathing that we want to do. We want to breathe in the Holy Spirit deeply and invigorate our spiritual heart. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the, the physical for the, yeah, the oxygen and the lungs, the whole nine yards. Yeah, we need that all the time. But more, more than ever, for the day-by-day -day regeneration and renewal, that's the breath of the Holy Spirit that we need. Like the song said, this is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. And I'm desperate. Lisa spoke it last night. Are you desperate? Are you desperate for Jesus? I'm desperate for him. Every day I'm desperate for him. Can't live without him can't live without him, and lost without him. Having been born with the mitral valve prolapse and all my tests confirming it had degenerated to what they term, termed severe mitral valve regurgitation, because evidently there's stages of it, my outward was wasting. I needed a repair or a replacement of my mitral valve. I was told not to exert myself and to make an appointment with a surgeon. Due to COVID, that process was really slow and I had lots of questions. So in the meantime, I did what we all do. Google! I did my Google and my Google told me a minor procedure, a couple of little cuts on the side, go in, put a little clip, you're good to go. And I was like, well, I can do this. Super great. Two little incisions. That's not so bad. But in April when I saw the surgeon, no, it wasn't going to be that. He said, no clip. That's only a temporary fix for the elderly. That, that was a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't considered elderly. I was like, wow, this is great. I'm not an elderly. <laughs> Unfortunately, it meant, he said, this repair will take complete open heart surgery. And if necessary, a valve replacement but we won't know until we get in there and see the extent of it. 
I did not expect that that day. It was reason to lose heart, I have to say. It was reason to lose heart, and, uh, and surgery was scheduled for July 21st, so now we're getting closer. Honestly, I found this two, the surgeons, uh, a team of two guys, I found them amazing. Uh, they gave me very, a lot of confidence, and they made me feel very comforted. I, I, you, know, it was, you know how that is, you know, you, you gotta like the doctor. Yeah. And these guys like really like blew it out of the water. They were really, really good and very experienced. And um, <clears throat> I should add a uh, note, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have doc, we can choose our doctors, right? <clears throat> For the most part, they had recommended I go to this one doctor. I didn't, as a matter of fact, even my cardiologist doctor, I changed, you know, afterwards. Uh, but they had this one surgeon for me to go talk to, but I looked into that and found somebody else. Same with Jesus. We can go to Dr. Jesus so we can find some other to go to, but that's not what we want to do. We do not want to go to anybody but Dr. Jesus. And these guys, they just, you know, really made me feel, like I said, comfortable and confident, and I decided I'm not going to lose heart because if I didn't make it, I have the hope of heaven. So, like, okay, I've had a great life, you know. All right. It is what it is. And so, but in the meantime... I took a nice, long RV road trip with my daughter, Rachel, and my two sisters, Sister Shirley, who's here, and my sister, Joanne. And we went to see the west side of the country for three weeks. And it was an amazing distraction, a very much needed distraction because obviously now you know a surgery of such magnitude is coming up in your life and you don't want to be thinking about that. And um, so as God would have it, that was the blessing. And so I got a card from my older brother and he, he used these words. He says, if your life throws you a curveball, that was the phrase he used, life threw me a curveball. And so I hope if that happens to you, you get thrown a curveball of some sort in your life, I hope that you can go and do something you really like to really take your mind off it too, because we do need to do that. This is how, as humans, we can function and keep going. Be with people you love and, and enjoy what you can enjoy and, yeah. and take your mind off things. But to be perfectly honest with you, every once in a while, the thought of the incision and the scar bothered me. It still does sometimes. But I take a deep breath and knowing outwardly I am wasting, yet inwardly the Holy Spirit is still renewing me day by day. And I know as with all our disappointments, the scar will fade in time. And right now, some of you are going through much more difficult things. And you, I just want to encourage you with lyri these lyrics of this song. You probably know the song. If you want to start saying the lyrics with me, you can. But uh, the first chorus of the song says, You're shattered like you've never been before. The life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor. In words fall short in times like these when this world drives you to your knees. You think you're never going to get back to the you you used to be. The chorus, tell your heart to beat again. Close your eyes and breathe it in. Let the shadows fall away and step into the light of grace. Yesterday's a closing door. You don't live there anymore. Say goodbye to where you've been and tell your heart to beat again. Skipping a verse, then it says, let every heartbreak and every scar be a picture that reminds you who has carried you this far. Because love sees farther than you ever could. In this moment, heaven's working everything for your good. Day by day, renewal. On Tuesday, July 21st, Pasco, Pat, 
and I arrived at the hospital very early as they told us to. And we were told there would be one surgery before mine and then it would be my turn. Um, but when we got there, a second emergency surgery ended up going, so there were two surgeries before mine, which caused us to have to wait a lot longer. And that was kind of hard, I'll have to say. Um, the cool thing is, is God provided a beautiful, they had a beautiful prayer garden outside. It was a beautiful day, and um, it was lovely to be able to spend that time, you know, in, outside in the prayer garden. And after about three hours, uh, we were finally called in. We got ready, we met the anesthesiologist. I said goodbye to Pat, I'm like laying on the thing, we waved goodbye to him. Woke up, and the surgery was over. Literally, literally, that's what it was like. I mean, that's amazing. And thank God the surgeon only had to repair my mitral valve and not replace it, because we had discussed that, as, as we mentioned earlier. And so he, uh, it, I have a ring on the end of my mitral valve that's sewn in and, and uh, rebuilt the end of my mitral valve for it to function properly. And um, so I was very, very blessed. As the anesthesia and drugs wore off, there was a lot, a lot of discomfort. As anybody who's had surgery, as like my friend Carol knows and my friend Darlene, where's Darlene? Darlene, you know too. Um, lot, a lot, a lot of discomfort. I used an incentive spirometer to practice my breathing. We have to practice breathing. We have to practice. We had, I had to breathe slowly into this thing and it's like you know, there's two things that have to match with each other, hey Barbara? And, and so you're not supposed to bring it, although you're supposed to grow it so your lungs are growing with the breathing and it's, it happens gradually. Same thing in the spirit. Same thing in the spirit. It's, yeah. Each morning they routinely took x-rays of my lungs as I sat in bed. So I'd like, he'd come in super early in the morning, it was probably still dark out, and he'd put a thing behind me and take an x-ray of my lungs. And the pulmonary doctor was keeping an eye on an air bubble that was of concern in my pleural cavity. Not uncommon after heart surgery, I, I've, I learned. And it all looked well, looked well to go home on Saturday. I had the surgery on a Tuesday, and I was going to be able to go home on a Saturday. When that morning arrived, I was feeling very weak and short of breath and dizzy. And all of a sudden, within minutes, I had to have an emergency procedure right there in my room, right there in my bed, for a collapsed lung known as a pneumothorax. The ear bubble had gotten larger overnight, requiring an immediate surgical insertion of a pointed about 12 inches long tube into my lung, right, right over in here, uh, right, right at this thing. It was very, very scary and I was losing heart. <laughs> I was, because I was awake and, and I had very little, there was only local anesthesia, so like this whole thing's going on like crazy around me. Several doctors and nurses are like rushing all around and this is like crazy and um, Pat, Pat came in the door right at the same time when it was happening and he was like, whoa, what's going on? And it was very traumatic for him as well. It really was crazy. And so he's holding my hand and I'm crying, tears running on my face. I'm like, Jesus, if I'm going to die, please don't let it be too painful. Like it was just so scary, you know? And it was really worse than the experience of the heart surgery because I'm ready to go home that day. And I'm like, okay, I'm out of the woods. And I'm like, whoa. You know, and in John 14, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Many mansions. You know, I'm going to come back and get you. We have, we have these hopes. This is our day-by-day -day focus. And, and just because you get a heart fix doesn't mean tests stop. I mean, my, my heart was fixed. <laughs> my heart got fixed, and now I'm like... 
And um, so, so in our spiritual life, we never want to kick back and think, oh, I'm good now. No. I'm good. I got this covered, right? And, and uh, we have to always be on our guard because that enemy, he's going he's gonna to try to come in with 12-inch tubes with points on the end of them. And, you know, things will happen and, and things will break down around us, as we all know. You may even trip. You may even fall. You don't know what's coming. That's, a, that's another reason why we never, never talk about other people and how they react to what's going on in their life. And you don't know what's coming down the pike for your life. Love one another and, and understand what each other is going through because you don't know what tomorrow brings. And breathe. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. Jesus promised, he said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to be your comforter. So I really thought I was going to die a whole nine yards there. And later I learned the nurses dubbed this tube the harpoon. And that it is the worst thing that happens to heart surgery patients on the heart cardiac floor. They don't tell you that before you get it. They tell you that after you get it. And so the pulmonary doctor said I could have died if he didn't do that procedure right there and then. Anybody who's a nurse knows that, Susan. And um, not only was the insertion of the tube torture, literally torture, so were the extra days that I had to spend in the hospital with that thing in me. I didn't get to go home that day. It brought the biblical thorn of the flesh to a whole new meaning for me, <laughs> believe me. And thankfully, when it was removed a couple of days later, with immediate relief, I got to go home. So for some crazy reason, God had this extra little bonus for me that day. Only God knows why. But the message version of our scripture for today says, we do not lose heart. We are not giving up. Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart around us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Right. And the grace of God was really, really prevailed in my life that day because he was so faithful to protect me by having that happen before I left the hospital. Had we, Because we were like in Orlando and I live over on the East Coast. We had an hour drive to go home that day. Had we left at, as planned, um, and if it happened in the car or when we got home, we wouldn't know what was going on. And we, you know, it would have been like, could have been death, literally. But it was not God's timing for that for me. For obvious reasons, he allowed that to happen there and then. And he said what? Breathe, Marianne breathe. And he gave me that breath to continue. And he gave me physical healing from the wasting process that was happening in my heart, in my physical heart, which he will do when he has more for us to do in this life, right? If it's not your time to go, it's not your time to go. But if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And I'm just really thankful that that time was not that day that I'm able to be here today with you yes, no. to share this. Yes, yes. He, had a, he has a reason. Yes. And remember when the doctor said when she listened to my heart that she wished she could take me to the class with the medical students so they could hear classic mitral valve regurgitation? Well, in the spiritual classroom of life, there's nothing we go through that he can't use to help us yes. to teach yes. others. And that's such an important central thing of what we go through. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, God comforts us so that we can in turn comfort others. And not only our physical experiences, such as a surgery, yes, that too, but we are to share with others all the different kinds of comfort that God gives us as we're walking with him in this life on planet Earth because we weren't meant to do life alone, and we were meant to share how he's comforted us to encourage that other person that 
they can be comforted as well. I've always, always, always loved the story in Luke 22 where Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Jesus is always praying for us. He's, he's our advocate to the Father. Right now, he's praying for you. He, you know what he's pr probably praying for you right now is, keep her heart open, Lord. Keep her ears open. I mean, not Lord. He's not going to say Lord. I'm saying Lord. <laughs> he's praying for you. Keep her heart open. Keep her ears open. L Holy Spirit, do your work in her right now as she's seeking for more of me. That's what he, he's praying. And, and he's always praying the blessing for us. And Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And there's Jesus saying again the same thing. When God's done his work in you and you're better, help somebody else. Same thing comfort one another. Peter denied it, said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison and death with you. And Jesus said, I tell you before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And we know that Peter did. But let me say it this way. Peter sobbed brokenheartedly before the Lord after he did that. He was so beside himself and repentive and this is how we need to be when we mess up, because we're going to mess up. We're human. But the key is this part right here. What do you do with it? What do you do with you when you mess up? Are you like Peter that you cry and pray through and find forgiveness from the love of Christ? That's what, he, that's what we're supposed to do, because no none of our per stories are perfect. None of our stories, but we are all being renewed day by day. And we are all still breathing in the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives. So I beg you today, teach others through what God is doing in your life. I mean, feeling that I am getting a little bit older, even though I'm not elderly. <laughs> that's really such a key thing. Like, if I had died that day, and didn't get to say that to you today, I would feel kind of bad. I want to say to you today, make sure you do that. Share with others and teach whoever he leads you to, of course, not to, you know, and maybe on, the, maybe on the rooftops too, yeah, maybe on the corner, but especially when God brings somebody into your path, don't hold back. Let them know what God has done in your life. Yes. That's what it's all about. Take a listen to their hearts. Take a listen. Help broken hearts be forgiven and healed in Jesus' name. Amen? I hope you're hearing my heart right now. Are you taking a listen to my heart? I hope you are and allowing it to teach you. As my doctor wanted to do for the medical students, I hope that Dr. Jesus will use you that way. When Jesus fed the 5,000 people in John chapter 6 with just five loaves and two fish, he said this, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And you even mentioned that, I think, Lisa, this morning. Nothing in our life is to be wasted. God is not a God of wasting anything. So don't be thinking, yeah, but that thing that I went through, like, you know, nobody really needs to know about that. Oh, uh, yeah, they do. They do. There's somebody out there that needs to know whatever that thing is that you think they don't need to know. Nothing to, is to be wasted. And when you bring it to Jesus, like the little boy brought his loaves and fishes, he did his little part, and he was brought by someone who noted him and led him to Jesus. So always be that person too, the person that notes, ah, so-and-so can do that, let me bring them and, and God can use them. And, and it doesn't matter where you've been, be like that little boy who gave Jesus all he had, don't let your story be wasted, it's not trash. You mentioned something like that, I think this morning too, Lisa. It's not trash, you have great value in God's economy. Give it all to him. You'll be blown away that what he can do in return. 
God works all things together for good. Say every day, I am your servant, Lord. Right? I am your servant, Lord. Use my life. Breathe your Holy Spirit into me and allow me to breathe it back out to somebody else. So with God's renewal day by day and lots of help from Pasco, Pat, my husband, who did a great job taking care of me when I got home from my surgery, little by little I came back to normal. And Pasco... He says he could tell when I was getting better because I wasn't as nice to him anymore. <laughs> Poor husbands. Uh, sorry, Jesus. The sad thing is, is I noticed it myself. And God showed me something about that. God allows tests and hard times in our lives because it brings us to Jesus, and we get all mushy and needing Jesus, and we get nice. <laughs> and then when he helps us, and we're all better, we're not nice anymore. Like, what the heck, right? And that's what happened. I could see, I could see my, I was, I liked myself better the other way, too. I was so, like, quiet and meek. <laughs> I was so sick, you know, weak. But um, so look at your tests that way and let it know they keep us beautiful. They keep us sweet. Why? Because we're dependent. We're so desperate. We're so dependent on him that how can we go around and barrage anybody else, else with meanness or whatever? Stay that way. Let, when you're in a horrible test, just remember that. Be sweet. Be nice. You need Jesus right now, and so you better be nice to people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're uh, what's the word? Uh, you're de not just dependent. You're, uh, you can't live without them. You better be nice to them. And stay on your knees and stay humble. So in closing, the last thing I want to say, so, so we, it was breathing, it was teaching, and now it's bringing. And you, I want you to bring your heart to Dr. Jesus. Bring it through the reading of the word that you do the day by day, through the praying. Bring it to Jesus. He wants to take a listen to your heart. I would not have known I needed a repair if the doctor didn't listen to my heart. Yes. You will not know what's wrong with you, and you will not get better if you don't go to Dr. Jesus. Right? And let him have a listen. Pour your heart out. Scripture says that. Pour your heart out before him. Pour it out. Pray through. Cry. Tell him every horrid, sordid detail. He knows it all anyway. Give it to Jesus. And then follow the orders. Follow the doctor's orders. Yeah. Do what he tells you to do. This is how we are renewed day by day. Remember what the nurse said to me. Anything with the heart can be fixed. Anything. Surrender your heart to his operating table. And breathe. His experienced hands are the ones you want your heart to be in. Yeah. He'll be so good at the job of helping your heart. And don't lose heart no matter how you are being tested because there's always hope. There's always our future hope. So sometimes life is so brutal and so bad that that's all you have to look at, right? That's all, I mean, everything is so bad. But make sure you're still looking up. The outward is wasting, but the inward can be renewed daily. It's your choice choice every day. Dr. Jesus wants a heart-to-heart -heart relationship with you today. The famous hymn, Come Ye Disconsolate, says, bring here your wounded heart, tell, here tell your anguish. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Amen? And, and you know, I could have made it, maybe needed the new valve, which I did not need. I just got the repair. 
and some people need like a whole new heart. Some people need like a whole heart transplant because their heart is so bad. And God's in that same business. Ezekiel 36 says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body. You know, sometimes we get a heart of stone, don't we? I'll remove that stone heart and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you to do and live by my commands. That's Ezekiel 36. Hebrews 3.15 says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't be like the little kid who refuses when told to sit down, and then when he finally does, he says, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Don't be like that. That's phony, first of all. Don't be like that. Let today be your first appointment with Dr. Jesus, our heavenly doctor. He's always in. He's never out to lunch. You can have an appointment at any time. Today can be your appointment to have, let him have a listen to your heart. And I just want to say, those are my great, that's my greatest joy. My, the, the sweetest moments are those moments with Dr. Jesus in his presence, heart to heart. It's how he carries us through the outward wasting away that we live day by day. So I'm just, last words to you, just want to say, come to Jesus let him breathe the Holy Spirit into you and invite and, and renew you again. And I've asked my daughter Rachel to sing a beautiful, this song like blows me away. I love it so much. And I know you will love it too. And it's what he'll give you in return. God bless you and thank you so much. <laughs>